Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Stackhouse Radio, where your hosts, Diana Stack and Quentin Tiffany, joining you tonight. Hello. And hello, Tiffany. Hello. Hello, Tiffany. Hello, <laughs> Tiffany. You do that every time. How are you doing, girlfriend? <laughs> That's fine. Hey, I could have called you worse, right? Uh, anyways, tonight we are discussing... Uh, witchcraft in America or the American witch specifically about um, its origins, how it came here to America and how being in America or living in the United States, living in your specific region should um, influence the way you practice your craft. Uh, But before we get going, um, let's see here. Okay. Do I sound better? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I just realized I had my thumb on the volume button and it was turning okay. you down, and that's why you were getting farther and farther away. I, if I touch my mic, it sounds like I'm smoking a bong. Um, it does. But give give everyone a little tap so they can hear it. Here we go. Hold on. Ready? Ready? The bong the bong sound. Was it there? No, I didn't do it this time. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um. So just a little information on the show. If you want to contact us, you can find us on Facebook at Stack House Radio. That's three separate words. Stack House Radio. It's on Facebook. And if you go to our page, go ahead, give us a like, follow us, and we'll keep you in tune to uh, all the other stuff coming up. Also, you can contact us directly by email. It's radiostackhouse at gmail.com radio stackhouse at gmail.com and we encourage you to send messages show ideas opinions hate mail go for it we're all for everything uh so anyways and also we do uh we do stream on demand on spotify itunes and soon we'll be on spreaker and a few other platforms so but we'll keep you updated on our facebook page so go ahead and check us out on facebook at stackhouse radio anyway so tonight's um Tonight's episode deals with witchcraft in America. I mean, specifically witchcraft specific to or regional to the United States. Uh, North America will include Canada in there. So regional to North yes, America. Just because you live in America doesn't make you an American witch. Exactly. Yes. It does not make. Yes. You are a state, stadian, state, <laughs> stater. <laughs> <laughs> what would you be? Um, Oh, I don't know. Okay. Anyways, I'm going to shut that down. Um, I personally am from New England, and when people have asked me what I am, what my, my path is, now mind you, I have been – when I say, you know, I've been a witch for or I've been in the craft for, I'm not talking about, oh, I was born a witch, and I've been a witch. I'm 20 years old, and I've been a witch for 20 years. That's not, not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the age of consent where you can get a job, and you can do your things, and you can break off from your parents and actually claim your own religion. Um, because let, well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, I, you know, I know. I've been I know. doing this for about Baby, we'll be now. witches. 
Oh, my goodness. And I have nothing against young witches. I just have a problem with young witches who think if they go to Whole Foods or they go here and they get some witchy aesthetics and all of a sudden they're out there like, well, I'm the pro witch and I will tell you everything you need to know. No, yeah. no, you're not. Let's start here. What is not an American witch? If you are 12 if years you old. Are, <laughs> if, you're, if your name is, is like Janice, um, Janice Smith and you are white, 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 blonde, eye blue hair from Irish descent from like northern Iowa – and you move to New Orleans and you say, oh, voodoo is my heritage. No, it really isn't. Now, you no, can appreciate no, it. Yeah, you can appreciate that. You can. You can even understand it. Yes, but and you can work with other people who, are, who, are, who do have that heritage, who do have that ancestry. You can work with these people or groups or not these I mean, no, voodoo practitioners. Let me clarify that voodoo practitioners and you can work with different people who have been in this line of the, this path of the craft and appreciate that culture. But to say that, you know, and I'm saying this because I live near with an hour of New Orleans and I've seen this and it drives me crazy because it's like just because you live in New Orleans and you move from Idaho, Iowa or wherever does not mean that all of a sudden you can just take this culture and make it yours. That's called appropriation. And I think Sometimes in the craft, we forget that there is such a thing as appropriation. And I think the craft somehow gets a free pass with it. And um, I don't know. I, I think sometimes I struggle with that idea. But, yes, I'm talking about, you know, the moment you decided that you – this was your path. This is what you want. This is this is where you belong. Now, when I was eight years old, I had an episode where I almost drowned, and it changed me. I mean, inside, spiritual, it changed me, and I started seeking. And my, my parents were amazing. They never stopped me. They always encouraged me. So when I was 16, I realized that this is what I wanted, and my mother was behind me and everything else, and, you know, I dedicated at that point. Um, so when I say, I, when people say, like, I've been a witch for, you know, I've been a witch for, for 20 years, but you're only 24, now, we're talking about the time when I was baptized Catholic before I was one. Doesn't mean I'm Catholic before I, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't my choice. Well, you know, I, I think, I think what you said about the age of reason and stuff. And you know, I, I was I was raised Catholic, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I I think I was probably I, I was getting right about the age of twelve or so when I. Started to uh, like the the confirmation thing. I didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Didn't care to. I was told you yeah. will do it. So I I did. But then around and and just so everyone understands, I'm I'm not poo pooing their religion. Just for me, that did not work. And uh, yeah, I'd say about 13 was when I started um, my first. You know, the the beginning of my path to what what I would believe in. And actually. Uh, something that we'll touch on tonight and touch on some other time is the first book I went to. I went to a Barnes and Noble. No, was it Barnes and Nobles or was it some it Borders? Maybe I, think, I don't know. I went to a bookstore. I think, I think we all did. <laughs> oh. So I went in and and I went to this one shelf wide, six shelves tall section. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't much to it. Um, and and I I saw a book. And now of course there's all these different New Age books and. Uh, there all different stuff. Um, imagine what you will. Not as much as there is now. Not that 
that culture really hadn't exploded yet. Um, and uh, an author who uh, she's a native of Pennsylvania, uh, Silver Raven Wolf, had written a book, uh, basically. <laughs> it was uh, American folk magic, and uh, being Pennsylvanian, she was actually it was powwow. It was uh, Pennsylvania Dutch um, it, it, witchcraft essentially, and so because I identified with the hex signs and the things that were on it, being that I was from roughly the same area, the book really spoke to me, and so I picked that, and that was my first delving into this. And of course, you follow many paths on your way, and often you find out that your first path was the one you like the best. Um, so, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to keep us on that, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying yeah, to balance. Right. I know we're kind of working our way down the road here of, you know, how you got into it, how I got into it. So I'm trying to keep us yeah. on the, the same path. So I'm trying not to go too far forward in my story. <laughs> oh, I know. It, it's hard. It's hard because it, it, it's, it's, you just want to share so much, but and I get that. Um, no, Silver, oh, my God. Okay, first off, Silver gets a lot of hate. You know what? And to anybody who – now, I had the privilege – of hearing her speak and to anybody who says that she's condescending and she's this and she's that, you know what? Seriously, go fuck yourself. Um, she just has a really good sarcastic sense of humor and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think if little witches out there get their feathers ruffled that easily at that kind of humor from another witch, then, you know, you really got to check yourself. I've read all her books and I have never found them to be condescending. I've seen the humor. I'm a Northeasterner. I'm from New England. So I was, I right away picked out the humor. I picked out that humor in her right away and I love it. And she's direct and she's blunt. And I love that too. But I, I think when we talk about American witchcraft, our, our regional witchcraft, I think silver really is um, a good example of that because you know, she, she is, and people say, well, she thinks she's a pro on the powwow. She's ex, and she doesn't come across like that. This is just part of the elements that she uses in her craft. And I think it really, um, she does really push that American based witchcraft. And I think that's beautiful that she does that. She really does have a sense of place as far as, you know, where do you really come from? Where were you raised? Where did you grow up? All these things have an influence on you. And I think so often in the craft, we see people saying, you know, we'll have, I don't know. Um, g- give me an example. Uh, I don't know. Becky, who is raised in Des Moines. Um, I- I'm sorry, Iowa. I don't mean to be picking on you, but that's, <laughs> just, you know, far off from anywhere else I can get you know, decides that she wants to, and she has, her, her heritage is purely, I mean, purely to say she's English, okay? She's really English all the way through and nothing. And she decides that she wants to, you know, you know, I want to be a, I don't know, a New Zealand Slavic. witchcraft, or I want to be <laughs> Slavic witchcraft, or I'm going to be, you know, well, the and I'm not saying anything. I think those paths are great. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, though, is that I think too often we romanticize other places as far as witchcraft goes and as far as Wicca goes. And we forget that we have this power here. We have this earth here. We have this land. We have our own separate, unique plants and, and spirits and elementals and all these things that are here that we've been brought up with. And I think, I think we do ourselves a disservice when we as witches 
who are in the United States or in Canada or in North America don't really harness that, don't really harness our current sense of place where we were brought up. Um, well, you know, I, I think that, you know, uh, we talked a little bit about this ourselves, where I, I think that looking at DNA, um, and, mm-hmm. and I am no DNA expert, but, but we know that we carry our ancestors' DNA. We have DNA memory. We have things like that. And obviously any kind of witchcraft energy work is just that energy work. And your energy is obviously compiled up of what makes you up and, and your DNA makes you up, which means your ancestors make you up. Well, if your ancestors were, let's say, in this case, they were Slavic. You probably don't want to get into, uh, you know, something like a, a an Asian culture um, craft. Um, and that's a good example. Yeah. Simply because your 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 energy is not going to mesh really well with it because you have no connection to it. Um, mm-hmm. This is just you know this is how I feel. I I feel that that we do get called to certain paths. And I know for you and I we we're on very similar paths, and that's because our both of us are, 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 you know, our roots, I mean, maybe not our two, 300 years back, but, you know, let's just mm-hmm. say the past century, our roots right. are, are in the same sector of the United States. We are, right. you're New England, and I was, I was what was once part of New England, because we were Connecticut until we mm-hmm. went back to being Pennsylvania again. <laughs> yeah. But know? Pennsylvania, I mean, so, especially your section of Pennsylvania is not really, I mean, regionally, you know, you know, climate-wise, plant-wise, yeah. everything else, it's not really that much different. And and ancestrally speaking, mm-hmm. this part of Pennsylvania was settled by Connecticut families that moved – they moved west a bit. And, right. And uh, so it's – you actually have a lot of families that from here to Connecticut that still relate. I mean, um, so you, you have a similar DNA. You have a similar background. You have a similar um, – and mm-hmm. you and I have a, a – the only – well, I think the biggest difference with our genetics is you are um, what Inuit. Right. Yes, I come from Inuit ancestry, um, German ancestry. Um, actually, um, my grandmother was German Jew. So, um, hmm. and uh, my so. father is um, French uh, by way of. Uh, I think they came through Canada. But I think they have roots back uh, near the Basque region. Um, so yeah, I, and my one grandfather, my other, my other grandfather is. Um, believe he hailed from Norway. So I'm a mix. <laughs> yeah. I'm a mix. But you know how when you're working with the craft, there are just sometimes mm-hmm. little things that tug at you, a little pathway. Yeah. So if you're if you're going against your grain, you're doing yourself an injustice. You are. I agree. Absolutely. Um, um mm-hmm. Now, I will say this, being from the Northeast PA area, um, it's actually kind of interesting. I have a book written in 1901, which uh, was was a family genealogy book that was put together on my family. But there was a few interviews done, and uh, like a great, great, great aunt or something, you know, um, was interviewed about her grandmother, who would be my great, 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 great grandmother. And uh, she talks about, oh, yes, I grew up with her, and she talked about this and this. And one of the things they talk about her talking about, apart from hiding in the rye field from Indians, was um, that there was witches that lived in the woods <laughs> near her house. Um, 
and, and you know, it's funny we we talk about. Um, so when she used the word witches, she obviously did not mean Gerald Gardner, neo pagan. You know, no Wicca. No, that was my best way of segueing us into that topic. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, no, absolutely. Um, I think you know we're, when we talk about witchcraft, especially tonight, we're not talking about Wicca. Now, you can be a Wiccan and still be a witch, but you can be a witch and not be a Wiccan. And um, I don't really consider myself Wiccan. I never really did. Uh, But yet when you talk about Wiccan, you're talking about – and people will say, oh, it's ancient. It's ancient. Not really. Gerald Gardner created it. And I had a a very um, heated disagreement debate with somebody who is well-known in the Gardnerian path, writes books, and she gave a speech at my mentor shop. And I won't mention names because I still believe I was right. Um, when we look at Wicca, we look at something that's very ceremonial, very ritualistic. When people sit there and say things like, oh, well, these were the tools they used back in the medieval days, and blah, 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 blah. In the medieval days, especially in the, the, the days of serfdom and things like that, if you were just a peasant or yeah, serf working on the land and you were caught with a sword, that could be punishable by death unless you were issued that sword for the purpose of defending your, your, you know, your, your land, your area. Um, also, a lot of people who practice folk magic back in those days, they wouldn't have had expensive things. They wouldn't have had crystalline wands and things like that. Um, they wouldn't have afforded it. They would use the same knife that they're using for their kitchen. Um, when we look at Wicca, we look at things like swords and wands and shells and all this. And really, these are things that are very ceremonial and do have roots back to um, Kabbalic magic, Kabbalic systems. Um, and you can just you can crack well, a book. Uh, Quentin, you well, can, you you know, can, you can confirm uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say there there are uh, obviously some things I can't I can't talk about. Um, you don't have to talk what about I will that say at all. Is, um. Yeah. Don't <laughs> what break I will any say is, <laughs> No, I, I won't. I won't. Um, I, I'll, I'll put this out there. I, as most people who know me know, I'm a, a Freemason. And mm-hmm. um, you look at Gardner and people like that, and you will find a connection. Yeah. The other thing is, you look at Gardner and people like that, and a lot of the ritual that you're you're getting is uh, very Golden Dawnish, and mm-hmm. the Golden Dawn stuff is pretty much just a regurgitation of 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 Freemasonry. And uh, that's because these people were Freemasons and uh, for their own reasons went off to create their own. So it it was just another similar body. But what I'll say is um, I'll talk Golden Dawn. Uh, That is um, essentially, like you said, the Kabbalic, um, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hebraic um, culture. That, that comes from there, yeah. It's Judaic. It's very, yeah, it comes from Judaic ancient magic. Um, so, you know, really, if you want to you piss a Wiccan off who, who's Gardnerian, tell them that they're, they're, a lot of their rituals come from, you know, the Key of Solomon. And Key of Solomon was the Old Testament, which is biblical. Um, now, of course, I'm listening, I can't come. talk about, I, I have I to say, um, I unfortunately cannot tell you anything of what, the Masons do, but I can tell you right. that um, upon examining what we do, uh, 
you know, we do, we do know the source of it and where it comes from. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of times if I see it being used somewhere else, I know where it's being used. Um, but, but so much ritual. I mean, this is not just talking Freemasons, Golden Dawn, OTO. There are so many things out there. But that's where our basic of ritual comes from. Mostly because a lot of us don't know the basic rituals of where we hailed from. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so we just use it universally. Yeah, and a lot but, of things in the craft are made up as you go along. They really are. It's from tradition to tradition to, to tradition to, yeah, to from tradition to tradition to tradition. I can speak. Uh, <laughs> um, a lot of these things are made up, and religion is made. Let's face it, religion is man-made. It's a man-made system to work energies or to explain things or what have you. Um, and I don't think witchcraft is any different. I think this is why they say there's no there's no rules because really a lot of what we have for witchcraft is made up. Not made up like it's fake, but I mean made up in the way of you know my great 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 grandmother. Exactly. Yes, they have to be filled in, and I think as the generations go along, they take pieces of what their current world is, what their current existence is, where they live, um, and I I think you know witchcraft and Wicca today has seen a, a resurgence, and um. I know that there's been a lot in, on social media and YouTube, the, what I call the insta-witches, and I know I shouldn't. That's really asshole of me. It really is. But, I mean, I'm not talking. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not talking. I'm talking about people who have YouTube channels or whatever or Facebook pages or whatever, and they'll sit there and say that this is the new thing and the old thing is dead and the old thing is – and I've seen a lot of people kind of just – degrade those who've been in the craft like legitimately long times um, who would technically have elder status um, and who kind of you know berate not directly but indirectly if you don't have that perfect witchy aesthetic it means you're really not a witch um, I think I, I think it's great that it's out there because it makes it more accessible in one but in Another case, you have to be careful because you have young people who are very impressionable, and they what they're being told essentially is that, well, if I don't have my nails done like that, or if I don't have that perfect little skull piece on my altar, or if I don't have all these lights twinkling around my altar, and I don't have my my face decorated that way, or my, I'm not really. No, you are, sweetheart. Those people are just making money off of their YouTube channel, okay? And they're no different than television you know, creatures. It, Sorry, me, that's my opinion. The, right or wrong. The, the, whatever path you choose to follow, and, and I'm not one of those people. Um, I am not – I'll say this. I am not uh, the type that says it doesn't really matter. When someone says, oh, we don't have this or we don't have this or I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have this or – like when you, when you decide at the last minute you're going to throw something together in two seconds and you say, well, I, I don't have this and I don't have this and I don't have this and that, that – Glinda the Good Witch of the North looks over at you and says, it doesn't matter. It's all about your intention. Don't worry about any part of it. Well, then at that point, why do any part of it at all? Just do the thinking. You know what I mean? Um, and see, to me, there – now, mind you, I'm not, I'm not a I, – I start with that because it's, it, I'm not saying it has to be exact. It has to be perfect. But you – you have to put a bit more into it than just saying, oh, well, I don't want to run and go get that right now because that's the energy in you. You're not giving it your full energy. You're giving it well, – you're giving and, it ho-hum. And, well, the downside of that too is that there's people who just can't do it. 
they actually yeah. can't run out. They actually can't get those things. So I don't know. I disagree with you on that one. I think well, intent see, I, I is feel 100% says, of everything. When someone says it's just your intent, it's true. It is just your intent. But if you make no effort at all, but who's like now I'm saying, let's say you're not making effort. Well, that's what I'm saying. Only you're going to know. But if you're thinking in your head, oh, you know what? I don't have any candles. I don't have any this. I don't have any that. And the store is five minutes away. And even though I just thought, you know, it, it's those people who don't plan it out. They're at spur of the moment. I'm going to do this. And, well, I don't want to waste the whole five minutes of driving to the store because I want to watch Down Abbey tonight at nine. I've got plenty of things for the moment with nothing. But, you know, what I'm saying when – when you get those people who they could mm. put forth the effort, but they just choose not to, like there's a difference between, oh, I don't have bay leaves. I don't know where to get bay leaves right now. And saying, oh, yeah, I should have, should have got bay leaves for this, but oh, well, well you know I what mean, I mean? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's your intent. If you're really intent on doing it and it's, oh, I don't have this, but I'll make do. That's different. But to say, oh, I don't have this. And I don't give a shit. You know what I'm saying? There's a mental. A well, mental then you don't difference. have. But you don't see. I'm not a big. So, I'm I'm not a big materialist person. I don't believe in having the trap. I don't I don't do the witchy ascetic. I never did. If you came to my circles at my house in Torrington or whatever I was, um, you would see me in jeans and a flannel because personally I really don't like going near fire with flowy robes, and it's cold <laughs> outside New England in autumn. Um, so, you know, I've had people show up in robes and flowing with makeup. I mean, I'm like, really? You know we're going to be near fire, right? And your whole body is flammable, including your hair. And they're like, well, you just don't look like a witch. And I'm like, well, well no, I'm not, again, I'm like not talking witchy. But I mean, um, well, like, it's, it's, I've, you know, I've had moments where I just decide, you know, and all I've had is a white tea light. And I've lit that tea light, and I've just sat there, and I've let my tent out to the universe. And I've had results. Um, but I've never but owned at a that wand. point, you know you're, you're not saying, oh, well, piss on it. What I'm saying is no, I think, but I you think could do it exactly do is, the same way as the guy next door. Like you're both doing the same work, and you may not have stuff. You may not know where to get it. You may not be able to get it. And so you I say, well, I'll make do. I stuff has nothing to do with it. But when you say, if you say, I'll make do, you're mentally saying, I'm still trying. But when the guy next door does it and goes, eh, I have that shit. I just don't feel like digging it out. Who gives a crap? That's what I'm saying. It's all mental. It's, it's, it is well, all then, about your intent. So I agree when yeah. someone says it's just about your intent. But if your intent yeah. is, I'm going to go into this half-assed today because I, mean, I really how about, don't care. Okay, so how about the wife who is married to a husband who's super religious she can't let him know anything. And she has to make do with maybe, maybe just a tea light if she's lucky enough to have that. Well, that's um, what I mean. Again, she, she, in her mind, she knows she's trying her best. So, it, she's so not what saying, you're saying oh, well, is, so, so what you're saying that is, it is your mental and emotional intent then. Yeah, See, that's I've what I'm always, saying. It is, a, it is, is your how intent. I've always been raised. I've always, this is how I've been taught. And with all my things in life, I, you know, the material things that we have are focal points. They help us focus. Um, not to say that they don't have their purposes. I mean, plants absolutely do. They, you know, like, like you know, there's a purpose to smudging. Um, there's a purpose to all these things. 
Um, but I think you can have all the trappings and put on a good YouTube video and look witchy and spooky and scary and everything else. But underneath, you're just shit. You know, you're, you're just doing well, it, I think that's another doing thing. it for, you know, um, it, I much rather some have. People... I much rather have the yeah. old school witches, you know, the ones you walk in their kitchen, they're baking and everything else. And they just got this little, little corner off with a candle and maybe a little bit of incense. You don't really know what's going on there, but you know, it's something where then if I walk into somebody's house and it looks like, you know, Whole Foods, Ikea, and I don't know, Claire and, and the dolls just threw up over everything. And I'm not, I, like I said, I, I'm not knocking people who do YouTube videos. I have, there's people who do YouTube videos about witchcraft that are beautiful. I love these videos because it's just them sitting in a chair speaking about their craft. And to me, that's so much less distracting. I love to hear that. And I love to hear, see elders, the elders of this faith, the elders of this path, of this craft. I love to see the elders doing videos. And they get knocked a lot by the younger people saying, well, that's old school. This is new. This is, you know. Don't disregard the new, the old. Don't disregard the old because that's your foundation. That's where you came out of. And when I see that happening, it just ticks me off. I think the the witchy look. When we talk about the witchy look, um, mm. some people, some people, I, I do think that some people to them, it's you know like well you know I I, I did acting in the past and. The and witch. Sometimes you just can't get into the character until the contacts are in and the, yes. the hair is done and the, right, the, the right. makeup and, is and, on. So, and there are people who need to look like a witch to feel like a witch. Yeah, like they they feel like they're not their energy. Like it helps them get into the the thing yeah. of it. You know what I, I mean? I get that. And and, and, and I can appreciate and for those that. that don't for those that don't practice in 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 witchcraft or whatnot. I don't have a word here, and I'm sure you know what I'm saying. The thing of it, yeah. you know, when you're, yeah, because you know when when you're in it and when you're not in it, and that helps some people get into it, and other people, I think it mm-hmm. distracts them from it because they're more concerned about their about beads they, and their fully yeah. robes and their black hair yep. and their mascara. Mm-hmm. Oh God, you just describe half the people on the, oh, but yeah, it's true, it's true. I, I think did. the witchiest that it can absolutely. Oh God, I think the witchiest that it can absolutely distract from things too. If it's if it's if that's your focal point of everything, it really does distract. I think. And um, you know, when I was brought it, when I came into the craft, and when probably when you came into the craft, first off, we didn't have witches on YouTube. That was was not a thing back then. Um, we didn't have YouTube. <laughs> We did. We had to go to the bookstore. We had to go to our local metaphysical shop, and that's where I met my mentor. Um, we had to talk to the elders. We talked to people who've been in the, in the on the path for a long time. We looked at different authors. We looked at this. We took bits of this. Um, I was raised with a lot of things going on in the house that I noticed, so I took things of my youth into my craft. Um, and I'm not gonna like out my whole family, but you know. I was I was around it a lot as a child, um, and that really had an effect. And this is where you now we're getting a little off t- topic here. Um, and mind you, please, we're not we're not knocking people on YouTube who have shows channels about witchcraft. We're just saying that back off on telling people or making young people think that they have to look the part to be the part, or they have to have all this expensive shit to be a witch. You don't. You don't. All you need is the intent the heart for it and the belief that what you do can make a difference in your life. That's really all you need. The other things will come to you. 
as you need them. And well, they you know, really it's, will. It's, uh... And get a mentor. Get an older mentor who's been in it for a while. Your mentors are invaluable. Look to your elders. Do not, do not put them down. Look to the elders. I think, you know, for me, when I first started, like I said, I was about 13. And, mm-hmm. uh, again, my, my first, my first introduction really was the, the, uh, powwow or, and I'm, I'm going to try and say it here. Broker. 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 Um, that was my first introduction to it. And, mm-hmm. uh, what I liked about it, what I really liked about it was I'm a hands-on person. Mm-hmm. Um, very tactile, and, and it offered a lot of uh, tactile stuff. But it all, but it was made up of things that you would find in your home. It wasn't, oh, I need you know dragon's blood and you know <laughs> rag of that, you know. And <laughs> oh my god, you said rag of badge. Something like that, yes. Um, Where is but my I, rag you know, you, of badge? But you know, it it simply. All I had, because I lived at home with my parents, was my mother's spice cabinet, a couple my of candles. Of badge. <laughs> oh God, no! Oh, no. Um, <laughs> but no, I had basic. I had your basic at-home things: a right. jar, a bell, a candle. But you know what? That that kind of folk magic, and and you know, as you have participated yes. yourself, being from a similar mm-hmm. background. It it, yes. it is it, it it you don't need it's not about oh I have to have this crystal and I have to have this green dragon perched in the northeast corner looking at a mantle <laughs> and if you don't have a mantle you need to build one. Um, it was simple. Okay, I'm going to give an example here. The pea jar. You know what I'm talking about. There's a yes. um, there is a particular uh, hex craft. Oh yes, the, and, and I think you'll find it in other cultures too, because like even mm-hmm. in the the, the southern voodoo stuff, yes. the that's a lot jar, of homegrowny. Yes. Yeah, you will. It's very similar, a pea jar, and mm-hmm. it, it involves having a canning jar, some broken glass or rusty nails, things like that. These are yeah. very simple things to find, especially if you live in Northeast PA, mm-hmm. <laughs> where or or oh, Pennsylvania in general, where like a lot of this, or New England, I should say, the Northeast. And pea is universal. Yes, but uh, yeah. everyone everyone had canning jars and oh, yeah. uh, it, you know rusty old barn so nails. Everyone had one of those. If you don't have that, mason had... jars, you're really not a witch. No, I'm kidding. No, you're not. <laughs> She's not kidding. That's true. Mason <laughs> Tonight jars. we're doing a promo Man. for Bell canning jar or Ball canning jars and uh, Ball canning thank jars. You. you will love it. <laughs> Now, I know oh you're talking about that one spell and, our, and the variation that we did, um, well, the New England witches, or the, you know, um, we would take a lock of hair of the person. Oh, yeah. With, yes, or a, a parchment with their name and put that in and, you know, um, not give the whole thing away, but, you know. And I, I here's. Now, I have a question. Do you ever. Yes. Do you ever put anything spicy in with it? I did that once because I wanted them to just feel the heat a little. I, you know what? Here's the, here's my thing on on on. Uh, here's my thing on hexing and cursing. And if it's done to the point where you need to do it for self defense or to keep somebody away from your family or loved ones or things like that, that I'm all for it. You know, the whole harm none. Anything you do, even the good stuff, could harm somebody indirectly. So I don't think that's realistic. But I think when you start, like, 
you know, wielding it around like a weapon, announcing it to everybody, like, I'm going to hex you, watch out, I'm going to hex you, and all that kind of crap like that. That's not power, that's cowardice, and it's weakness. Mm. And you need to really avoid that. And I know a lot, and it happens. Younger witches are known for it. People who are new witches will, you know, you do, you get this power rush. I was guilty of it. Um, well, I think and too, you, if anyone's about to run oh out my God, and what was that? Jar, <laughs> but what? I mean, yeah, you, as you, I, was, I just heard this loud, but oh. I mean, as you grow <laughs> in the craft and as you grow in your practice and everything else, you, you grow out of that whole, you know, you know, publicly threatening to hex people and showing your, your quote unquote power to people and saying, don't cross yeah. me out. You know, yeah. you grow out of that. You really do. It's always you should. so much more power in keeping it a secret. Um, Yes, exactly. You know, you, you would not secure... warn someone that you're that you're shooting an arrow at them if you're trying to. No, <laughs> yeah. no. But here's the thing: I can sit there and, and announce to the world, "Well, I'm gonna. This person pissed me up, so I'm gonna get them when they least expect it." And if you announce that to everybody, well, that person's gonna hear it, and that's not that's not witchcraft. That's not power. That's psychological warfare. Because now they're looking for it, and it's a self fulfilled prophecy. If you can do something without anybody knowing about it, it's always oh, what is it? It's it's to will. It's to will, to do, and to keep silent. If you can do a binding spell or, uh, you know, uh, uh, whatever, and not say anything to anybody and still have the effect, that's power. That's power. Um, now, I'll tell you this. With, with, for those – the kiddies that are listening, if you're going to run out and Google pee jars or whatever, uh, they're not called that to begin with. No, but. What, you will not get things. By the way, if you're under the age of 18, you shouldn't please be listening right jars. now. No, and please don't pee in jars. Because um, your mother's going to kill it, us. It, it is really intended, um, especially the type of folk magic I know that Diana and I both do. It's it's mm-hmm. really meant as that particular one is a, a very powerful, but self-defense. Um, I have used it three times in a whole 20 years. Mm-hmm. And um, it is. It is strong. I can tell you that the first time I used it, I was I was amazed. The second time I used it, and that was you are Diana knows of the particular long drawn out court case that I'm talking mm-hmm. about, and I needed some protection. And mm-hmm. uh, you you can bury it at the corner of your yard or at a gate or something to yes. help with protection. Um, so mm-hmm. when you hear us talking hex, the word hex does bring up this mental image of, of harming someone else. And right. uh, hexcraft, though the word sounds like that, is not always No, it's more for, it's for protection, blessing. It could be anything, really. Now, when you talk about cursing, that's one thing. But hex, hexcraft is, is – well, hexcraft is very prevalent here in the United States in Pennsylvania. Um, hexcraft is used for curing, blessing – warding off evil you name it it's it's used for that and i think um you know we talk about our p jars and what we what's significant about that is that you know i think each one of us you know if you if you look at what we do and what we use in our in our craft what we use in spell work whatever i know for me being in new england um new england has a lot of english Irish, whatever, Celtic influence. It really does. And it's kind of maintained that over the years. It's really, it's really yeah. never left. That's why it's called New England, because it's really never left. So we do have a very strong Celtic um, influence on everything that happens there. So it's hard to get away from. But when people ask me, well, what, what, what path are you? I said, well, I'm a New England. I describe myself as a New England witch. And I, what I would always do is I would always take 
okay, so say a spell called for European mandrake or something crazy like that that did not grow anywhere near me or wasn't even regional in any way, shape, or form. Why would I go order something from another continent when I could look within my own land? Because for everything that's exotic and, and whatever, there's always a supplement. There's always a substitute that grows near you or is with regional within reason to you. Use that. Use what your land gives you. And I always did. I always used what my land gave me. I always used what my area gave me. Um, when I was outside and I was you know, just communing with the universe or nature, whatever, I always tried to get in touch with what was there, you know, and, and not, you know, I, I didn't sit there and go, I'm calling the gods of, of the deep middle Russian woods to come here. No, why? You have beautiful, you have beautiful elementals here in America. You have beautiful plants and magical flowers and things like that and things you could use in your craft. And why would you not use that influence? Why would you not include that influence within your craft? And I think um, when we talk about the American witch, I think we really need to, you know, um, we really need to um, push that. We really need to push that idea of, you know, being an American witch really should have its own, really should be its own tradition. It should be its own thing. Um, because there's so much here in this country. We have influence from all over the world, and the influence comes together as one, and it becomes uniquely American. Um, you know, use the influences of your ancestor, of your heritage, of who you are, what you were raised with, who you were raised with. Um, but, you know, I think it's important to keep that regionality and keep your, your feet grounded into where you were brought up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd like to bring up just for um, those that are looking for information on mm. um, traditional American magic. Now, again, I can really only, and I, Diana and I are similar in the sense that we can really mm. only talk in depth um, or, or, or offer sources a lot on the stuff that we personally are connected with. Um, like right. voodoo, I, I don't really have voodoo connection you might actually diana you're closer to it than i am but um uh, up where i'm at um again the, the powwow the browker right. is uh, much more popular in the witchcraft yeah. community now That's again you are. let me let me say this too for those that are interested in it it is witchcraft it is not so much see i am a uh, I would say I'm a pagan practitioner of it, but you, you don't have to be. Uh, it's actually because of the Christianity that that was cast over it in the 19th and whatnot centuries. Um, you actually find a lot of it. it it's very uh, Bible-related and Christianized. Mm -hmm. They have Christianized a lot of it. So a lot of your modern-day like powwow doctors are. It's very Christianized. It's uh, you know the Virgin Mary, Jesus, and Psalms, and books, and um, mm -hmm. so you can be a Christian and work with that, and you, you could be anything really. It's it's really right. that's open to anything. The texts that you will find will often be set in a pagan format or a Christian format, but you can really be anything, which is nice about that. And that's what we're kind of talking about today is a non-religion. Right 
version yes. of, of magic and witchcraft that you could mm-hmm. be Christian or whatnot. It doesn't matter. It's, I wouldn't say it's non-religious. Everything has a religious context to it. But, Everything has spiritual um, connotations to it. But yeah. yeah, as far as like Wicca goes, I think there's a distinction and people who always say, well, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't say to people that you practice witchcraft. If you're still going to church, or if you're a Catholic or you're this, you know, to people who say that, yeah, sit down and shut up. Um, because there's a bunch of people in Pennsylvania and a bunch of people who are Catholic who use a lot of old traditional um, spell work and things like that who do blend it in with their religion, and they do blend it in with their Christianity. What do you think praying is? If praying isn't spell work, I don't know what is. I mean, so um, I, I think it is a part of every – I think it could be a part of every faith out there, every faith. So I, I want to throw out there, um, as I know Diana and I have already talked about, we, we are planning in uh, the, when we get past the Halloween month, um, we, we want to talk a little bit more into, I guess I'll use the word esoteric information, and one being this mm-hmm. particular folk magic path that we both follow, which is the, um, in Pennsylvania, it's the powwow and the Brauker, which I'd imagine in New England, it doesn't really carry that name, but it's the same thing. Um, um, yeah, in New England, it's more, I mean, I guess I guess in New England, we have what we call hearth witches or cottage witches, or, um, and really that's okay. what it comes down to, you know, rather than powwow. But it's, it's similar. Yeah. It's a very, very folk-based, traditional you know, localized. So if, if anyone in the meantime practice. is looking for information, um, which again, we will do an episode on it where we can get a little more in depth. And I think we're hoping to have some potential guests. Um, but I would throw it out there that a good book would be, uh, I do love Silver Raven Wolf's um, mm. Pow Wow Folk Magic, which that was also reissued under the name of, uh, I believe you told me it was Hex, Hex Magic. She created yes, another book. I actually. I have it here in my hand. It's uh, American Folk Magic by Silver Ravenwolf. And like I said, if you have a problem with her, it's because you've never had the opportunity to hear her speak. And people speak hate about her all the time. But I'll tell you, this woman, she's amazing. And I love her. So, you know, um, myself. Um, but I'd like American to bring Folk up Magic, um... hmm? Yes. Go ahead. Sorry, I was going to. Jump. Oh. She she has a, a secondary printing of that, but by yes. a slightly um, different name. It's called Hexcraft. So American so don't folk, buy folk. Yeah, American folk magic is the first version, I believe, and I think Hexcraft was the second, uh, which is pretty much mm. the same as folk magic, um, but it's got a lot of great information. And she, you know, people sit there and say, "Well, she she always downs Christianity. She always attacks Christianity. She's always anti-Christian." Well, she's got a lot of psalms in here. So I don't know how anti yeah, she, the, she, she does go into the, she always offers the, if she does offer a sample, uh, we'll say ritual, she mm-hmm. offers the Christian format and the non-Christian format. Now yeah. um, I have not read this, but I do know who the author is. He is local. Um, there is powwow traditional folk and grimoire magic by Mark Stavish. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. He is a, a, a local Pennsylvanian and uh, he does, Stuff with the Hermetic, um, the Institute for Hermetic Studies. Uh, you can find some of his stuff on YouTube. Um, he is very well educated. Um, I, he's good to listen to. But another book that I've also been told now I have not read it, and I think both Diana and I have talked about getting this book, um, is the Red Church, the Art of yeah. Pennsylvania German. I actually Proper. owned it. I've owned it. 
Um, and that's by C.R. Bellardi. Um, so mm-hmm. I have heard it's very good, um, and I'd really like to, to get a copy of it before we get uh, further into the year. So if you guys are looking for some reading material, that, that would be my first jump to. Um, Diana, I know you probably have one or two others that you have looked at. Um, I mean, as far as books go, I, I, I buy a whole bunch. And when I moved to Mississippi from Connecticut, um, I, I took basically most of my books. I donate them to the local library. Um, but the one I – and like I said, I, I love her because I think she's just I, – I think she really gets the idea of American witchcraft, American tradition. And that's why I love her so much. And I will always, you know, speak her praises. Um if there's one book, if you're a solitary, and there's one book you should get, I think everybody should own Solitary Witch by Silver Ravenwolf. Um, but, I mean, there's a lot of good books out there. Uh, I'm trying to think of some that I've owned. Um, like I said, uh, there's there's a whole bunch. Um, there's one called and, – and like I said, a lot of these are going to have traditions from European bases or European you know, traditions and things like this. But you can pull these and really bring these in. Uh, my two favorites are the two Silver Ravenwolf book, books that we've mentioned here tonight. Um, Scott Cunningham has an herbal encyclopedia that I love because um, it's mm-hmm. easy to look those up. And you know, now we have the power of Google, and you can actually look for alternatives to those herbs and plants and everything, which is great. Um, you know, a, a lot of what ended up sticking in my practice, though, was really just talking to, you know, a lot of the elders. Um, I tell every new witch, everybody who's new in this, you know, find somebody. And when I say somebody who's been at 20, 30 years, I don't mean somebody who's 20 years old saying they've been in for 20 years. I mean, find somebody who has some life experience behind them because trust me, life experience is going to, it's, it's going to, it's going to influence your path. It's going to influence your growth. It's going to influence your maturity. And, you know, when I was 20 something, I always said, I'm never, 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 never. And well, guess what? I'm in my forties now. And it does. It absolutely does. And this is why I'm so happy that my mentor was somebody older and who really was in the craft for a long time. And she just, it didn't matter what reason I had to go see her. She was always there and she always guided me. And I think mentors are important. Um, Books, read a lot, read all of them, take what you can, take what you like, take what you feel is right and use it. And anything you don't think is right or that you don't feel is right or feel fits you don't use. Um, There really aren't, too many rules in witchcraft there really aren't because like i said we we kind of you you kind of you know morph your own path as you go um i mean there's 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 the basics you know you should have some white candles because and it's not that you can't do a spell or do anything without the white candle, but sometimes they help you focus um if you're like me and you have adhd trust me focusing is, is important um <laughs> Um, but you know, spend time in nature, spend time out there and where you live, where you're brought up, where you were raised, spend time out there, go to the woods, sit there by yourself, listen, feel, um, if you see an interesting, you know, take a field book with plant native plants and stuff with you. And if you see something that that you feel drawn to look it up, make sure it's not poisonous to touch or whatever. First, please. Don't eat the mushroom. (laughs) Only eat the good ones. 
They grow in cow poop. Um, but, but anyways, uh, you know, look up that cow. I know, right? Woo, everything's magical now. Black Phillip, Black um, Phillip. Sorry. Oh, my God. Yes, you got to watch The Witch. It's amazing. Creepiest little twins I've ever met, aside from the Shining Twins. Black Philip, Black Philip, Black Sorry. Oh, that damn goat. I love that goat. He's awesome. We're talking about a goat. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, and, and you know what? You know what? I mean. Oh, God. I just I hate, realized I'm over here shouting Black Philip, Black Philip. He's, I, it's, not a, it's not a, yeah. It's, it's a, a goat. goat. A goat that ends up being, well, no, if you've never seen the movie, The Witch, yes, shut it, up. Just don't block listen. your ears. Yeah. Go, go blah, 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 blah. Black Philip. Three second spoiler goat. alert. Three. You know, Two, one, go. Okay, so he was a goat. He was he was black. He was a black goat, and he essentially is the devil. He's Lucifer, and he's taking all of this. He's 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 basically possessing these two little twins and things like that. And there's witches in the woods. And if you've ever seen a movie, getting off topic here, and you can find it on YouTube. It's amazing. It's called Eyes of Fire. Watch Eyes of Fire. It's old. It's from the early '80s. But watch Eyes of Fire. And when you're done with that, watch um, The Witch, okay? And I think it's pretty much streaming a lot of places now. But watch The Witch after you watch Eyes of Fire. And tell me that those two movies do not – tell me those two movies do not seem like the same kind of movie because they are. But anyways, um, and really, you know what? I don't want to sound cliche or corny or kitschy, but, you know, movies can inspire us. You know, and, and one movie, and I, I'm not talking Hocus Pocus, okay? That's a fun movie. I love it. But don't look to that for actual witchcraft. Um, I've, I've always loved practical magic, and I've always loved the aunts. And to me, I just, I don't know. There's something about the way they did things. And they didn't take themselves too seriously, which was nice. And it's probably going to end up being put in Iron World. Um past <laughs> the Ed and Duina of America. Um, but, you know, if you watch how <laughs> they are. Someone left it at at the door. door. <laughs> no, someone, someone left it on the porch. left it at the door. It was someone it left porch? it on the porch. Someone left it on the porch. <laughs> someone left, left it on, it on, the, on porch. the porch. Um, but, yeah, but, you know, they used a blender became a magical item with them. And I loved how they really, really fit that image of that New England cottage witch or that New England kitchen witch. I loved it because, you know, it was just, there. you know, when people ask me, well, where's your altar? Why well, I have a hearth that's open to everybody, but the whole house is. Everything is. My kitchen is. Every space in my my home is sacred to me. And, and, and it's everywhere. And it should be for everybody else. You know, there shouldn't be... I mean, granted, you yeah, have a little space set aside to meditate or whatever, but I mean, why should your whole house not be sacred, right? Never made sense to me. I don't know. Never made sense. Um, but I think movies can influence us, too. I think movies can really inspire us to want to look more. Um, and when I saw those two aunts, I'm like, my God, that's what I want to be when I'm old. I want to be those two aunts. Um <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to be Sandra Bullock or or, or Nicole Kidman. Which one King. are you and which one is me? I want to know which one. Which well, one's you? And... You're more high strung, so I think Diane Weiss fits you because Stalker, Stalker Channing was more like fuck it. Who gives a shit? She's like the patsy of uh, you know, 
<laughs> it's true. So I haven't had I haven't had solid food since the seventies. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but you know, here's but, uh, the thing too. With 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 some with religion based mm-hmm. magic, you yes. at times can find that it is very very rigid. You cannot like uh, Roman Roman stuff. If you make one error, there is there is no substitution and there are no errors. If you are following mm-hmm. it strictly, you must start over. Now, yes. this is. Folk magic offers a little bit more of it was people working with what they had, and and so that's why um, American magic. American magic is yes, you, you just like saying French fries um, may have been they were doing it in Europe first, or you know anything we eat, people will say, oh, there's no such thing as American food. It's all really just a, a alteration or a version of something European. And and, yeah. and our our folk magic, you could say the same thing. It it mm-hmm. it is a stew made up of spices and blends that were put together here. Yeah. Not to say that they didn't have those over there, but it was mm-hmm. it was concentrated down here, and um it and you will find folk magic over there, but right American folk magic has this yeah, there's a a, a a very uniqueness to it. It mm-hmm. it truly and it and it varies from state to state, region to region, based it on really what was does. available to you. Yeah. Um and I think that's what makes us so very unique is that mm-hmm. we have such a blend. And and if someone's listening going, mm-hmm. but European magic is just as unique. It is. We're not saying it isn't, but what we're saying right. is we do have our own. We don't always have to use European Exactly. Or whatnot. Oh, there's, magic. there's another book really quick I want to mention too. It's called Backwoods Witchcraft. Um it's by uh Jeff Jake Richards. And I had picked up this book and I had read it quickly. And he goes to his family traditions in Appalachia uh, about witchcraft out there. So it's in the mountain regions. And, uh, you know, but, yeah, I think American witchcraft, I think um, the United States, North America itself has such a unique flavor to it. And I, and I think it's sad that, that you see so many, you know, you know, newer witches or, or experienced witches. You know, they want to be this, they want to be that pure Celtic witch, that pure Everybody wants to be a Viking now, the pure Viking witch or whatever. And and here's the Everybody thing. Everybody wants to be a fair-skinned, red-haired woman with green eyes, wrapped yes. in a thin white sheet, dancing around a Stonehenge-like structure. Exactly. But here's the thing. It's like you don't have to go that far. You don't have to leave your home. You don't have to leave where you're from. I mean – I, I think the the magic that's around you where you live here in this country um, and in North America in general is just as powerful, just as beautiful, just as strong, um, just as mysterious, just as deep and old and ancient as any place in Europe or Asia or any of those other countries or Africa or any of that. I think, you know, we do have that, you know, that here as well. And I think the fact that we have other cultures lending to that on top of everything makes it even more unique. So I do think it's a very unique thing and I think it should be embraced more. And I think it should be, um, I, th- I think it should be shared more and I think it should be um, encouraged more. And, and I think that, um, you know, we, I think, I think what it is is we, we have, we think of America, we think of North America, we think of the United States. And what do we think of? Well, this is a Christian nation. Well, you know, 
there's debates about that. But anyways, and I and I think we we inhibit ourselves. I think we stop there and we think, well, this was the land of Puritans and this and that. So the only magic here is Native American. Well, not true. You know, we think of the people who've lived here who brought their traditions with them, and that becomes part of the area. That becomes part of the land. It becomes part of everything. We know that the land absorbs um, energy. The land remembers. The land, you know, you know, from from the most ancient times back, the land holds all that. Um, I know from my Inuit ancestry, um, I can pull from that, from my heritage, and it's very shamanic. And that's very, you know, granted, it's not, you know, popular brand, like everybody wants to be a Cherokee or whatever. But, you know, I I love my heritage. And, and I think there's beauty in it. And I think there's beauty in the cold, and there's beauty in the night, and there's beauty in the winter. And and that's maybe where I pulled that. Can I jump in with this? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sorry, I think my dog just farted. Oh, um, oh so well, awful. that just shoots me with this. Well, I was about to say, you know, we're both. Oh. You and I are foodies. We we love yeah. our we love our food. We love our oh, ethnic God, background dishes. We love our ethnic kind of food, and we also love our regional food. Um, and that's another thing with folk magic: food, food very much will figure at times into your working. Um, uh, and when you think of kitchen witchery, when you hear people saying, oh, I'm making a, a healing this or a healing herb this or a, a healing broth that or a, a this, that, or this, that gets – its roots are in folk magic, the healing yeah. in folk magic. And, and that's something very nice because there's the healing work is very strong there mm-hmm. because there's a lot of family, kin, yeah, yeah. friendship, bonding. Oh, you know what book we didn't talk about? What? The Long Lost Friend. The Long Lost Friend, yes, 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 yes. Um, you can get, um, and there's several translations of it now. The one I have is, uh, let's see here. Now, The Long Lost Friend, it's a grimoire. So it's not going to be, it's not going to give you histories. It's not going to give you everything. It's just a grimoire. It's remedies. It's a list of remedies, cures, and everything else. Um, there is a forward, which is really cool. It kind of goes to the history, but the forward is you know, if you're looking at the long lost friend as a book, it's just going to give you, it's a grimoire, a strict grimoire. Now the new um, English translations, if you get the right book, it'll give you both English and German versions of this book, the original German with it. So you get two in one, but it's a really great uh, 19th century, I believe. Um, But it's a really good book. If you want to look into really strong uh, American based uh, traditions, but yeah, you talked about food. I mean, you know, okay, I'm from I'm from New England. Now, one thing I do is I consecrate or bless my favorite kitchen utensils. And I do that. And what I would do is when I would cook for people, I would use these utensils. And when I made stews, because I know winters and falls, they could they could be cold and hot and long up there, especially winter. And when I made a stew, I put love into it. You know, you put your energy into the food. Food can be oh, magic. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's something um, really that's really very strong in New England traditions. Um, I'm sure Pennsylvania as well. But with my family, my family did everything through food. Nothing made you feel better than mom's chicken soup when you were, when you were sick. You know, and that's because when she made it, she made it with the intent of love and healing. And to me, that's magic. 
you know, mm-hmm. with magic. Um, when my meme, my grandmother wanted to show love, she made her special chocolate cake. And that was love. That's intent. That's healing. That's comfort. That's magic. We won't talk about the other things they did in the kitchens, you know, with the you know, <laughs> and the evil eyes and all that kind of stuff. But anyways, um, there was a lot of little things they did, a lot of candles that were lit, a lot of little prayers to certain saints that were said that were really kind of out of the, uh, out of the realm of the Catholic church there. Let's just say, um, well, you know, but I too, I, well, you know, I had a, an Eastern European grandmother who mm-hmm. everything she did was cloaked in Catholicism, but the mm-hmm. amount of statues and candles and this and that, it was downright. Oh, yes. Sorry. I just had to add yeah. that to what you were saying there. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I mean, uh, and I think our food is uniquely, um, I, I think we morph our food to our region. Yeah. I, okay. Now I live in Gulf coast, Mississippi now, and you know, the food here is different and, you know, so therefore the ingredients are different. So therefore the, view of it is different and the way it's made is different and there's there's regionality to that and i think magic is the same way there's regionality to all the magic we do and all the witchcraft we do and i did a lot of my crafting through food i always did um and i think i'm not gonna say that's uniquely american but i'd like to think that it's it's a big part of american witchcraft i think it's a big part of folk magic and you know kitchen witching, uh, witch, kitchen witching and cottage witching and, you know, all the good stuff. Like I said, you don't need you know, to have sparkles all over your face and, and your hair poofed out and, and you don't have to have, you know, the, you know, there your, are, you know, there, there are red definite eyes times and, that going out in nature is, mm-hmm. is perfect for what you want to work yeah. on or you feel connected. But there Absolutely. are other times, even going to the graveyard, there are occasions, but. Um, oh, I've, I've done that. Yes. Yeah, but kitchen witching, uh, people poo-poo it a lot. They're like, oh, kitchen mm-hmm. witching. Mm-hmm. You're basically just cooking. No, kitchen witching. No, you're not. The kitchen, to me, to me, the kitchen, first of all these old school, you're thinking back to the 1700s, you want to talk witches? They were in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Or they yep. were hiding in the woods, one or the other. But um, yeah. they were out with Black Phillip. Uh, yeah, but yeah, you, to me, to me, my kitchen, mm-hmm. oh, that is the most powerful part of the house particularly Absolutely. i've always liked my fireplace um just because of the shelf of the mantle and i've got a fire in there and i've got you know mm-hmm. um but yeah if you've got here's the thing you don't have to have something super witchy now yeah Mm-mm. you know you can kitchen witch and it's okay and that's why we're saying in america um you can do that, and, and it's going to regionally be different. Folk magic is folk magic, period. It will just yeah. regionally be different. You may have voodoo have, folk yes, magic. You may have powwow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so don't think that we're telling you there's a set brand and that if you're not from that area, then you're not allowed to be part of that brand. Folk magic is the yes. brand. It's just that the – Yes, but when you, when, you, when you partake in other cultures, especially in your magic and everything – be careful that you're being respectful about it and you're not just appropriating it because that does happen. I see it. I see it in just New do Orleans so much. I do. I see that in New Orleans. I, oh my goodness. It's like the capital of witchcraft cultural appropriation. And I see these people claiming to, I'm the high voodoo priestess, but you're from Iowa and you have never been near it at all, but you moved to New Orleans. Now you're claiming to be no, because I think you're taking away from that culture. I think you're taking away from that at that point. Now, if you say, you know what, I've been working with 
uh, this group who practices voodoo and they're very interesting and they're teaching me all these things. And I just really appreciate this culture. And I really want to, you know, use parts of this or share in this. That's different. Um, so there, there are specific, like I would never claim to be of powwow hereditary, uh, um, heredity or, or ancestry, because to me, that would be appropriating it. Do I use portions of it? Are there some parts of it that I think are beautiful that I'll use and incorporate? Absolutely. Um, but I think even even in this country, and, and even in North America in general, I think we have to be careful of, you know, because there are specific, like Native American shamanism. And when I say Native American, I don't, I don't indigenous peoples, you know, because um, I was born here technically, though. So. Um, I think I see people who have, you know, okay, like I have a friend who posted a Facebook picture with a feather headdress on, and this woman has, she is super religious, Christian, fundamental, born again. She has no ties to, to that at all. I mean, just, and to me, that's insulting. But, the you know. born again? I thought you said bored again. I was like... Well, of course. <laughs> no, she's born again, but you know what I'm saying? It, 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 it's, she thinks it's fun to do that. And I'm like, not really. It's, it's really not. Um, so, so, you know. You, I think, you know, we should, we should really do, we should do an episode where, uh, <clears throat> as, as we've kind of talked about, we're going to do an episode on folk magic a little more in depth. Mm-hmm. But it, I think it would be kind of fun if, if you recall, we, we used to have a cooking show with your mother. Um, oh, God. We should yes. have a cooking Folk magic episode. I know, right? That'd be fun. <laughs> Your mom's probably listening right now. She's like, she's um, like, ooh. But yeah, I think I, I think we're excited for the next the next installment of this in a few like what a few weeks, few months, whatever the hell it is. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, this is a, a strong topic for us. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, especially too, with sewing coming and you know, Halloween. Um, I, I think, you know, the witches tend to come out of the woodwork. Uh, yeah. Not that that's a bad thing, but what I'm saying is that, you know, especially, you know, there's a lot of it, people seem to be drawn to it around this time of year. And just, you know, just a little word of, of advice for someone who's like, you know, legitimately done it for almost 30 years now. Um, not and I'm not 30 years old. So that's not what I'm saying. Uh, and I, I've been legitimately ordained by a group, uh, an actual church, like, you know, a, a temple. Um, and I've had to go through all the counseling and all the classes and everything else like that. So um, if you're new counseling to this, if you're something new to, different, but don't worry. Yeah, I know. Crisis intervention counseling was neat, though, because you had to learn how to, to do all that when you're ordained clergy. <laughs> Well, if you should be, you should be, because once you become ordained clergy in a group, that means you get the phone calls at three o'clock in the morning. You answer the phone calls at three o'clock in the morning. That's your responsibility. And I don't think people who call themselves high priestesses or high priests, I don't think a lot of them understand that, that it's a servitude. It's not a, it's not a point of leadership necessarily, but it's a point of servitude. It really, truly is. Um, but when you're, you're, you're becoming to it, especially this time of year, just be, beware of people who will say, Hey, this is how to be a witch, or this is, this is intro to witchcraft. And they're making you think that you have to have all of this crap to do it. You've got to buy this, this wand or this sword or this athame. 
No, you don't. You absolutely don't. If they're telling you you have to, you have to look a certain way or dress a certain way, or they're making you feel that way. If they're making you feel like you're not a witch unless you look like them or look as, as sparkly as they do or have as much goodies on the, the, the table as they do, whatever, run away because that's not good for you. All you need is your intent. Your intent, your connection to nature, your connection to the universe, your connection to magic. Use that. Um, look for an elder, a true elder, someone who can really help you and guide you. Uh, you know what? Um, on YouTube, I'm going to put a link to her YouTube channel. It's, it's, I'm going to screw her name up so bad. Till with Henry. Henry, I think her name is. Um, and, and I actually subscribed to her channel and she's older. She's, 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 you know, been in the game for quite a while. And I love listening to her speak because she's so full of wisdom. Um, if you young people out there really want to watch YouTube videos about witchcraft and introductions to it, watch somebody who's gone through some life experience, who's actually lived a little, who's actually, you know, had ups and downs and everything else. I'm not saying you can't do all this by 25. That's not what I'm saying, but something happens when you pass through decades of your life, it really does. And it really changes things. Um, these women are, are precious resources and there's so much out there for you to learn from. So, you know, don't just stick with the sparkly looking tattooed hipster type, of, you know, and that's great. Wonderful. If it works for them, I think it's wonderful. But I think sometimes younger people, think that they have to match that aesthetic or they have to match that level of followers or views or whatever to be a true witch. And you do not at all. No one who runs into me on the street ever even thinks that I am ever because I don't walk around looking witchy and everything else. I never really have. Um, so anyways, um, what do you say we wrap up here before I go on another tangent? Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we really, we had a good topic though. We just, we, we, we did. Went on. And, yeah, and we'll continue this. And if you have any questions, like I said, go to our YouTube page at Stack House Radio, three separate words, Stack House Radio on YouTube. I mean, on, um, on Facebook, but we're also on YouTube. Uh, we're, we don't have any videos up yet, though. So, But go to Facebook, give our page a like, follow us. Um, also, we're here on Blog Talk Radio. Our show is on demand streaming on uh, Spotify, on iTunes. And you can email us directly. You can email us at radiostackhouse at gmail.com, radiostackhouse at gmail.com. And you can also message us directly on Facebook. Um, so until the next time, uh, this is Diana Stack and. This is Quentin Tiffany. <laughs> not, not Tiffany. <laughs> yes, this is Quentin Tiffany saying, I hope you have a wonderful weekend, and I hope you spend time to enlighten yourself. Yes. And remember, as always, stay creepy.